0: Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com. And put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus both possess the qualities we're looking for in our team tough, gritty, smart, opportunistic winners. It was an easy decision for me. What am I about and what's my philosophy? We're going to build through the draft. We're going to acquire young, fast, and physical football players. And the last thing, the most important piece, is we're going to take the North and never give it back. Now, here's Kevin Powell. Here we go. It is a Bears-Packers week, episode 42 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thank you for listening. Can the Bears pull off a second straight upset? Maybe, not likely. It's Aaron Rodgers coming off a loss. He's won his last 11 games following a loss, throwing 26 touchdowns and just one interception in those games. He's not going to be happy. We know what Aaron Rodgers has done to the Bears in the past, but you never know, and that's why they play the game. The Bears with a very encouraging week one victory over the 49ers where they played smart football. We've talked about this. Uh, They didn't turn the ball over a ton. They won the turnover battle, limited penalties, all of that encouraging stuff. And a lot of the messaging for Matt Eberflus was on display in that game. That was encouraging. They absolutely need more out of the Bears offense. But the defense I thought was very good. And Bears, Packers, Lambeau, Sunday nights, and the Bears do it again. Zach Pearson from BearReport.com. Join me to break down the Bears, Packers matchup. Now joining me on the WGN Radio Football Podcast is Zach Pearson. He covers the Bears for bearreport.com. Follow him on Twitter at Zach underscore Pearson, that's Z-A-C-K. Zach does a great job keeping an eye on the Bears, reporting on the Bears. Zach, uh, I haven't had a chance to get your thoughts. We'll have plenty of Bears-Packers stuff, but just your, your reaction to that Week 1 victory, which was you were there. It was it was a monsoon. It was quite the seed. I thought it was fun. The players said it was fun to play, and maybe not so much for Cairo Santos. But overall, I was I was impressed by the coaching, the discipline. A lot of good things stood out in that game.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. I um, always love talking Bears with you. But, yeah, I mean... Week one was crazy. I mean, I woke up that day and I'm like, man, that's a lot of rain out there. <laughs> I knew it was going to be like heavy rain, the forecast. I, I just didn't think it'd be that bad. And I guess we got our first look at how the Bermuda grass, you know, held up. Um, and the rain kind of stopped in the middle of the game, went back on, but you know, overall I, I kind of liked what I saw from the Bears. You know, they started off pretty slow. Um, the first half kind of felt like a typical Bears game where like the defense was making plays to keep them in it. They're only down seven nothing. The offense was struggling to move the football, six possessions, five punts, one bad interception. And, and looking at it, I thought, okay, you know, here we go again. This is a team that's going to fold in the second half. You know, defense will keep a minute till pretty much the fourth quarter. Offense will still struggle. And it's like totally different. I mean, the, the team made halftime adjustments. They executed, you know, on both sides of the football in the second half. It just didn't feel like a Bears. Team that we saw over the, what past eight nine years has kind of struggled, um, you know, in those situations. And yeah, outside of Carlos Santos, you know, having the bad day with the kicking due to the conditions. I mean, I thought for the most part everything looked good. Now, will the offense be able to sustain that and be good for you know a full game? That's still to be determined. Um, you know, the weather did impact what Justin Fields and Trey Lance were able to do, um, It also impacted what the defenses were able to do for both sides. Um but yeah, I mean so far it's encouraging. I think Matt Iberfluss really has his team, you know, buying in and buying into that hits principle and just basic fundamentals of football because I mean they only had three penalties and, and one trick, take or one turnover in the game.
0: Yeah, I it's you know We remember going back to that introductory press conference with Matt Eberflus, introducing the hits principle and just the the eye-rolling from so many, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, here we go. This is some basic football guy. But they've bought into it. And I completely agree, Zach. With the way that game was going, it felt like your classic Bears game, right? Like, this is a team defense kind of keeping them in it. The offense looks bad, and then things probably will get away from them in the second half. That didn't happen. I was like, this is this is not a typical Bears-type game where they come out in the second half and, and, and what, 19 unanswered points? It absolutely yep. felt like a game that was eventually going to get away from them in the second half, which we've seen so many times from the Chicago Bears. I, I think that, that spoke loudly about the messaging for Matt Eberflus and the way the, the mindset is for this team. Now, granted, it's it's one week, but... You know, I, I understand the conditions, and both teams were playing in it. The 49ers didn't have George Kittle out there, um, but the conditions were the same. I I, I just was overly impressed by, and, and I said this too on the on the post game podcast too. Like, one of the encouraging things that I took from that game was the messaging for Matt Eberflus and his points. He's been trying to hammer home all off season and since day one, since taking over, and. Ryan Poles, the way he's envisioning this team and the way he wants teams to play, he's talked about it, right? Have a little more fight, have a little more tenacity to the team, be a little bit tougher. All of that from the two um, guys that are trying to reshape the Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles. A lot of what they have been um, hoping to turn this organization into, the messaging for Matt Eberflus, all of that was on display Sunday. Um, if that makes sense. I just thought that the way Matt Eberflus has been pushing the hits principle and playing smart and not dumb football and having a competent coaching staff and then, you know, Ryan Poles trying to have a tougher team out there, all of that was on display. That was very encouraging.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, you know, if you look at the 49ers and the Bears and these two teams, let's say they played at the end of the season in the weather or, you know, October or something, the weather wasn't terrible. It's not an excuse or anything like that. I think the 49ers are still going to be the better team at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- that's not to take away anything from the Bears either. And you look, and I think you're right, because that's what the Bears want from that Ava and Ryan pulls. That's like their vision is they want it, to – it's a rebuild. They're not going to say it's a rebuild. It, it's a total rebuild. But getting that week one win kind of sets the foundation. And, you know, I'm not saying the Bears are going to be a playoff team or anything like that this year. More than likely, they're not going to be. Um they win against Green Bay, I think I'd change my mind a little bit they're still going to be a team that's going to struggle to win games, but they're not going to beat themselves often. You know, they're not going to commit the turnovers. They're not going to commit a ton of penalties like we saw at the 49ers, and that's okay. Getting, like, these types of wins early on, you know, week one is, is always a crapshoot. It's crazy. You know, look at Seattle. They beat Denver in week one, and there was you know a couple of big um, favorites that didn't even cover the spread and went down. So week one is kind of tough to judge a full season on, but, but looking at it, I mean – you're right, you know, the hits principle was preached to us right away, and it's been preached to us all summer. And Jalen Johnson was a guy who said he didn't really buy into it at first. Look what happens in the first game. He comes away with the peanut punch, gets the takeaway, bears, you know, don't allow any points on the board on that drive, and then the defense is is really good in the second half. So they're all buying in. Yeah. And I think that's key. And they have a good mixture of veterans and rookies and young guys on this team that they can build moving forward. The roster turnover is crazy. They have 22 guys from the Ryan Pace era are still on the roster. That's probably going to drop some more next year. They're going to slowly build this thing how they want it, and they're going to have wins like this along the way. And these are key wins, you know, moving forward, because they help you build confidence. Now, instead of going into Green Bay 0-1 and, oh, man, you know, we just got spanked by the 49ers, blah, 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 you know, they're going to week one. Okay, we can – compete with teams like this. You know, we can compete with Green Bay. Um, or going to week two, I'm sorry. We can compete with Green Bay. And it kind of gives them that confidence to kind of build forward. So, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think it was, it was fundamentally sound football. They're not going to beat themselves like we've seen in the past. They're not going to make those dumb mistakes, the, the after-the-whistle mistakes, things like that. And they're going to run the football. They're going to put Justin Fields in good position. And they're going to play really good, smart defense, which should keep them you know, in a lot
0: of games this year. Yeah, and, and the stuff like that, right, being a well-coached team, no dumb penalties, that's stuff yep. you can carry into every single game. You're not just going to add a ton of talent yep. in the regular season, but stuff like that, the little things, you can carry that into every game. All right, let's get into Bears-Packers a little bit here. I know um, Rodgers coming off a loss uh, for whatever reason. Some were expecting maybe a slip from the Packers. Maybe it's just because of the subtraction of Devontae Adams, but it's Aaron Rodgers. We've been through this plenty of times, Zach. I saw on Twitter, I think it was Todd Furman posted, Packers 11 straight um, victories after a loss. Rodgers 26 touchdowns, one interception in those games. And, of course, Rodgers against the Bears on Sunday Night Football, 23 touchdowns, no interceptions in six games. So, um, look, like everything we kind of just said, right, maybe they can somehow pull this off. But you can't have turnovers from Justin Fields. You got to keep Rogers in check. Don't let him go off. How do you see this one playing out? I don't think I, there weren't many of us picking us uh, picking the Bears to beat the Forty ers but I don't think there are many picking the Bears to beat the Packers. But, but who knows? Maybe they keep it around in a couple bounces here, or there, and a couple turnovers. You never know.
1: Yeah, you know what's interesting is the spread is will open up at ten and a half in this game. Um, obviously, the Bears are underdogs. It's kind of gone to eight and a half, nine and a half, depending on whatever site you use. That's a lot of points. Um, and I think a lot of those stats kind of reflect that, you know, Rogers has dominated the Bears in his career, like 22 and five against them. The stat, you know, like you said, 23 touchdowns, zero receptions on Sunday night football. It just kind of feels like, you know, the Bears have these games where they go into Green Bay and it feels like, you know, every couple of years, Hey, maybe we can catch Green Bay. Um, maybe we, you know, this is, this is the year they're down. This is the year we can finally beat them here. And then it just Aaron Rodgers rips out your soul. Um, whether it's, you know, <laughs> the 20 point comeback after being carted off, last year's comeback in halftime for them. It's, it's really hard for me to see the Bears win this game. I, I think they'll cover, you know, 10 points is a lot, but I think they'll hang in there in the end. I, I, I what I'm going to be looking for though is the offense is going to have to move the football. Like, I'm not taking away anything from Justin Fields. He made the plays he had to make, um, uh, on Sunday against the 49ers. But that first half was atrocious. That was really bad. Yeah, the weather played a role in it. You can't make that read on the interception. That's not a good read there. Um, it's not a good play. You got to be able to sustain drives and move the football. I'm more leaning that the Bears have a better shot of, of containing Rodgers and the wide receivers than the offense, awesome, the Bears offense awesome playing better. Um, I just think with, you know, with what Green Bay has out there, you can see Rodgers is frustrated. Um, they might get Lazard back this week. He just doesn't have that chemistry with those guys yet. And the Bears, you know, maybe they're catching them at the right time. Maybe like I the 49ers. You know? Maybe the Bears are catching them early in week two, um, and they can maybe steal one in Green Bay. But if they're going to do that, the offense has to put a point. I mean, the offense has to be moving the football. You can't have what you had in the first half. You have to sustain drives. Um, and we haven't seen that so far. I mean, it's been one game from Justin Fields in this new offense, but we just didn't see it against the Forty ers or you know, as much as we should have. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's tough. That's a tough task to go into Green Bay and and pull off the upset. It just feels like even if Rodgers is having a down game, you know, the first half and the first three quarters, it feels like you know somehow, some way he'll, he'll pull something out of nothing mm-hmm. and. Still a victory, so I don't know. I, I do think the Bears have a shot in this game. I, I'm, I'm picking against them. I, I, do, I think the Packers are going to win. They're going to rebound just because history's told us so. I mean, until I, I'd love to eat my uh, eat the crow and. and and be wrong on this, and, and hopefully they prove me wrong, but you know, history is just going kind to of show them the
0: opposite. Yeah, I think you make a good a good point, though, about the defense. They blitz what, 3% of the defense's snaps last week against yep. the 49ers? As we know, elite quarterbacks in the NFL typically find success against the blitz, and those are back-breaking type plays. I mean, look at Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Um, you know, last we recorded this on Friday, uh, Thursday Night Football, Mahomes was doing Mahomes things. So, Look, uh, it's the same story, right? If you can get a if you can get a pass rush on Rodgers with your front four all game and you have the ability to drop seven back in coverage, I like that a lot better than cont- continuously gambling and trying to blitz on Rodgers, right? I think that's if, – if you're going to oh, yeah. beat some of these elite quarterbacks, you have to get some pressure on Aaron Rodgers. I thought Dominique Robinson, to me, maybe stood out the most of all players Sunday, Zach, a sack and a half um, – he seemed to be everywhere. He was only on the field for about 45%, 50% of the snaps defensively, but he was noticeable. He, he can be a weapon this year, I think, for this Bears unit.
1: Yeah, you know, um, they're, they're doing the rotation with the defensive line and the defensive end. Uh, you know, Robert Quinn is going to see more double teams and chips this season coming off that big year. But you have al Muhammad, and then you have, well, you said, Dominic Robinson right there, Travis Gibson. I think that rotation is going to benefit everyone in. It might benefit a player like Robinson and Gibson more because they're going to be coming in in situational downs. There's going to be that rotation. They can come in with fresh legs. What impressed me was he did it against uh, Mike McGlinchey and um, Trent Williams of the 49ers, which is you know Williams is one of the best tackles in the game right now, probably a Hall of Famer. And after the game, he told me something to a couple of reporters that he saw something on tape for both of those guys, and he kind of read it, picked it up, and he used it to his advantage. and Man, the one-handed sack he had was, was just impressive. I mean, that's, that's a lot of strength to be able to pull a guy like Trey Lance down and turn him around. And, you know, Robinson, the guy who's only been playing end for a few years. I mean, he was a quarterback. He, I think he was a wide receiver as well mm-hmm. growing up. So he's got a lot of athleticism. And learning from Robert Quinn, learning from Muhammad, Travis Gibson, and then being in that rotation, I think that's going to definitely help him moving forward. But, you know, you're right. I mean, if they can get pressure on Rodgers with just the front four and not blitz. They got a good shot. I mean, you know, that if you can get that pressure and limit how much time he has to kind of sit back there and pick apart your defense, you know, it's going to be huge because defensive the can only cover those wide receivers and running backs so much before they get open. So, yeah, getting that pressure without having to send someone. I mean, we've seen Rodgers in the past just kill the Bears if they blitz. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that'll be key. And, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Robinson has another big game, especially – Not knowing the status of of the two Packers tackles out there, um, as we're recording this on Friday. So, yeah, we'll we'll have to see on that. But it could be another big one for
0: Robinson. And the Bears' secondary, too, has a ton of promise, right? I thought they all played very well on Sunday against the 49ers. But you have two rookies who are filling immediate needs, in Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon, and then a couple of, I guess we can call them veterans, Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson. If all four of those guys play to their full ability, that's a pretty good-looking secondary, right? I mean, we don't have a ton of tape, obviously, oh, yeah. on the two rookies, but if, if those four um, played like they did Sunday, that's that's promising. That's that's a really good um, unit for the Bears, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was impressed with that secondary overall. I think Zilder kind of struggled a little bit out there. Um, Gordon had a couple rookie moments where he was beat a couple times, but then he kind of you know bounced back and had a good second half. Man, Brisker looked really good. Brisker and Jackson back there, and that secondary of safeties looked really good. I really liked that combination. We saw Brisker, you know, have the the fumble recovery, had another tackle for loss. Um, was kind of just making plays out there in his in his first game. And he said he thought he didn't even think he played a good game. He needed he needs to wrap up more. He needs to learn how to um, finish plays and things like that. And he's kind of got like that. Um, I don't want to compare him to Mike Brown. Mike Brown had a heck of a career here. He's kind of got that Mike Brown mentality where he's a smart football player, high IQ, and he can, you know, hit you and lay the wood on you. And then that kind of opens things up for Eddie Jackson, is allowed to kind of play that free safety spot a lot more. And we saw when he read that play, they knew what was coming. He, he read that, got the interception, game changer right there, took the forty nine took the possession away from the 49ers. So I'm with you, man. And, and you look at Jalen Johnson, too. You know, didn't even get targeted and was like 26 um, pass coverage snaps. I'm curious to see what Green Bay does this week against the secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, if Lazard comes back, you have to imagine that Jalen Johnson's probably going to shadow him and follow him around. Can these other guys, you know, the um, Taquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon, Bill Doerr and uh, Eddie Jackson, you know, can they hang with, with the rookie that the Packers have? Can they hang with um, Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb? I mean, that's probably going to be the matchup to watch there on defense, is that secondary against Rodgers and the wide
0: receivers. Yeah, I mean, the way we're talking about the secondary now compared to potentially next week could be a whole lot different because if there's anybody that's going to expose the secondary, it's Aaron Rodgers. And things could change quickly, as as we've seen Rodgers can go off at – at any point. Uh, but I'm with you. I mean, like Justin Fields in this offense has, has got to put up some points Sunday night for them to have a chance. And he can't turn the ball over. Um, you know, he had the bad interception that you mentioned against the 49ers. But if you're going to go into Lambeau and you're going to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, who are coming off a very frustrating loss, I'm sure Rodgers is going to be motivated. They've got to get more out of this offense. And look, I thought uh, Khalil Herbert and Montgomery was a solid one-two punch. Montgomery's numbers weren't great, but who knows? That maybe that opens some stuff up for Herbert, who had a couple of nice runs as well. Um, but they've got to find a way. Darnell Moody, they, hopefully he can get a, a little bit more involved Sunday night too. Um, we don't—they don't have a ton of weapons on this Bears offense, so you can't turn the ball over. Got to play smart. But I, I really want to see. Um, it, it was sort of difficult, right, to get a full evaluation of, of really both yep. teams' offenses on Sunday, just because of the nastiness and sloppiness of it all. I think I think we'll get a kind of a better feel of the Luke Getzey-led offense on Sunday.
1: Yeah, you know it, it is tough because you know Darnell Mooney didn't didn't have a great game, and the conditions kind of played a big factor in that and outside of him you know they really don't have a ton of weapons we saw Dante Pettis get free for the long touchdown that was a good job of never giving up on the play kind of just working back to kind of your quarterback finding that open space um you know really didn't see much from Brian Pringle um E.T. St. Brown had had the touchdown but yeah I think they're gonna lean on that run game I, I was really impressed with Cleo Herbert I, I thought he had a good game my um, Montgomery struggled a little bit you know the 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 carry numbers and the yards just weren't there for him in that game. I I don't know what it is with him, maybe it was the conditions. I don't know. Or the fact that he's he's
0: one of the few weapons they have, right? I mean, the 49ers absolutely were targeting him. And same with Komet and Mooney, right? I mean, going into the season, everybody knew really the only three weapons were Mooney, Komet, and David Montgomery. So they kind of took all three of those things away.
1: Especially Komet, too. I mean, I think he had one target in the game. Total, they really didn't target the tight ends a a lot. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, they they did take away the the top three options. And you got to imagine that's probably what Green Bay is going to do. They're probably going to come with a similar game plan. You know, they know Luke Getzey. They know his offense. Luke Getzey knows them. He knows the defense. It'll be kind of a fun chess match between those two sides. But they're going to get something, man. I mean, they they got to have someone step up. This, This feels like a game where you need one of those three that you talked about to kind of rise up and have a big night. you know, Maybe not a career night, but just have a huge night and be that valuable option for addressing the field. And I just think they're going to lean on that run game. I think they're going to use the one-two punch of Montgomery and Herbert, um, try to open things up there, take their chances down the field if they can, maybe use Komet a little more over the middle, kind of spread things out, open up things in the offense. But, yeah, we'll see You know what Luke Getty's offense really is. I, I checked the forecast. I don't think it's supposed to rain as much anymore in Green Bay, so hopefully we get a good, clean game and we can kind of see this offense um, at at full strength and in full speed.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, forecast right now. It says daytime, partly cloudy skies in the morning. will give way to cloudy skies during the afternoon. A stray shower or thunderstorm is possible. Um, Earlier this week, looking at the forecast, it looked like for sure we were going to have rain in Green Bay, but um, as we get closer, it might might have some conditions, but obviously nothing like Sunday. Uh, Luke Getze returning to Green Bay, where he spent the bulk of his coaching career, had a one-year stop at Mississippi State, but worked closely with Aaron Rodgers, obviously. It was interesting to hear him talk to reporters today and kind of reflecting on his time uh, in Green Bay and about his experience with, with Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah, it's always good when you get to um, pick the brain of someone who spent time with Aaron Rodgers you know, seven seasons in the Green Bay organization and being in those meeting rooms with Aaron Rodgers starting off quality control moving up to um, quarterbacks, coach, you know, he got to see it all he got to see you know, Rodgers rise in the MVP just won in the Hall of Fame quarterback career. It, it was fun and it was interesting to hear kind of what he said and, and you know, um, how much he did learn from Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, we won't know how much he's taken from that to, to kind of construct his offense. It's a similar system with the West Coast um, scheme. But yeah, having that is just valuable. It's not only valuable for him, but, you know, it's also valuable for someone like Justin Fields. Who can kind of pick Luke Getsy's brain? And, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure Field is not asking, him, oh, you know, what did Aaron Rodgers do this? What did he do that? But, you know, maybe there's tips that Getsy said that he's picked up, not indirectly mentioning Rodgers or anything like that, but, you know, tips he's probably picked up from situations and seeing how to, you know, prepare and what to do here. So, yeah, I mean, that was very informative. And, and he had some good stuff to say. And, and you know, you could tell he really. Um, You know, he really valued his time there and really thinks the world of Rodgers, the player, the talent he has, and how he's able to use it and use it to his advantage. And, um, you know, we'll see. uh, Hopefully, the Bears can get a win and and, and Justin Fields can go on to have a big big career. Um, But, yeah, that's farther down the line. So we'll kind of see on Sunday what Luke is going kind to of pick up,
0: and hopefully this offense can get going. Uh, the offensive line is in a much better spot now compared to when camp started, and it was like, there was, yep. they're like, they got to add something. I think all of us anticipated they would eventually, and that's what they did by adding some pieces. Um, I would say that uh you know, this center right guard situation where you kinda have three guys with Mustafer and Patrick obviously who missed time with that hand injury and that's why he's getting reps at right guard and then Tevin Jenkins as well. I thought Jenkins played well. It's better to be in this sort of position where you have three guys going for two spots than the opposite where you kinda just Putting guys in just to fill a spot. Um, when Patrick is full go with that hand and he can snap. Do you, do you anticipate Patrick at center and then Jenkins winning that right a right guard spot and Mustafer kind of being a swing guy in the interior of the line, or how do you think that uh, that shakes out?
1: Yeah, typically I, I think the answer would be Patrick on the center, Jenkins staying at right guard. Um, however, who knows with this regime? <laughs> like who knows with this coaching staff? Because They've been so quiet about everything. They don't want to leak out any game plan, any competitive, you know, quote-unquote competitive advantage stuff. So nothing honestly would shock me at all. And I think we kind of saw the uproar last week when, you know, Patrick was returning to practice and there was the rumors and the reports that he's going to play right guard fully and they're going to bench Jenkins. And all of Bears Twitter freaked out over a guy who's never played right guard at you a know, level um, to be replaced. So, I would just say, don't panic. Uh, It feels like the coaching staff knows what they're doing. And whatever decision they come to, we kind of have to respect it and trust in them. Because you look at um, Sunday's game, and they they did the rotation between um, Jenkins and Patrick, which really didn't shock me at the time. Uh, I feel like a lot of people thought Jenkins was benched. It kind of felt like they were going to do the rotation no matter what. But Jenkins played well. Mustafer played well i thought at center you know patrick played good he wasn't anything to stand out but watching jenkins and only allowing i think it was like the one pressure he had in the game um on passing downs and and Mustafa playing well up the middle and you know at center what do you do now if patrick is healthy did you go back to him at center i do think he is a better center than sam Mustafer, just based on what we've seen but i think you could also make the argument that he's probably a better center than tim and jenkins as well so you're right. I mean, it's a good problem to have. I'd rather be in this situation. We have to pick two out of the three guys rather than, you know, having to scramble and not having a solution in either position. Uh, you know, it looks like Patrick is fully healthy or getting fully healthy soon. And could be this week here, week two. It wouldn't shock me to, to see him out there lined up at center. It wouldn't shock me to see him splitting reps again with Tevin Jenkins. They can kind of get a feel. But here's the thing. I think eventually you have to solidify your line. You you can't keep doing this rep switch with him and pat or him and uh, Patrick and Jenkins every week. Um, you know you gotta have some stability. You gotta give your guys some confidence. So I think we'll see this week if we do see the rep switch, the the rep um you know splitting the reps. I think it'll be probably the final week before they can kind of stabilize their line. But I, ideally, I'd go Patrick at center. Um, and Jenkins at right
0: guard. And Braxton Jones could end up being a great steal from Ryan Poles in this draft. You know, he was thrown right into it against a, a nasty Forty ers defense, playing left yep. tackle. Who knows? He might emerge as this you know long term solution at that so very important position on the offensive line. All right, before I let you go, uh, prediction, score prediction, who wins Sunday night at Lambeau? Yeah, man. You know,
1: I want to. I want to take the Bears. I think they're going to cover the ten. I. I just have to deal with Green Bay. Until they can prove me wrong, I'm going with Green Bay. I think it'll be something like a 27, 23 game, you know, 27, 24 in that kind of area. I do think the Bears are going to be in there until the end. I think they'll have a shot to win this game or at least send it to overtime. I just, I can't bet against Aaron Rodgers. You know, they, they, they say you don't make money betting against Alabama or Nick Saban. Kind of feels the same way with Aaron Rodgers and the Bears. So until they prove me wrong, I got to go with Green Bay, but hey, I'm willing to eat my pro and I'd be very, very happy if the Bears go 2-0 because I think if that happens, I think your season, the way you think about your season um, in terms of a fan and media perspective kind of changes a little bit. I think you you go from a team that national narratives were just so bad all year that you're going to be one of the worst teams to maybe not a playoff team, but okay, 2-0, and maybe we could be a surprise team here um, in the NFC and, Looking around the NFC, I mean, there's not a lot of good teams. And, you know, if Dak Prescott is out, uh, Prescott is out for a a while. That Dallas game becomes more winnable. New England doesn't look as good as I thought they would. Um, Really, after this game, your toughest test, you know, in in this eight- to nine-week stretch would probably be Minnesota. So, yeah, uh, you know, I'm going to go with Green Bay, but I I, I hope the Bears prove me wrong. I, I really hope I'm wrong.
0: If the Bears stick around, like I think some think they can, it would not be surprising at all if we see another Aaron Rodgers dagger late in that game that puts yep. the Bears away, right? We've seen it a million times. There's no reason oh to God. believe that it, that it couldn't happen again. Not that it would be any less painful for Bears fans who have been tortured by this Packers organization for like <laughs> 30 years now. Um, but let's hope they, they they put up a fight and keep it close. I've got Packers 31, Bears 24. Um We'll see though. If if Justin Fields can make some big plays, who knows? Another turnover, another peanut punch from a Jaquan yep. Brisker, things like that. You never know. But uh, chances are better that the the Packers and Rodgers bounce back in a big way after that Week One loss. But I think if the pack if the Bears do like we've been talking about, play smart football, you know, lean on their heads principle, play tough. I, I think it'll be a respectable performance. I'll put it that way. Um, so we'll see. That's why they play the game though, right,
1: Zach? Exactly. And you know what, to be honest, if it is a close game and the Bears do play smart and they're in it and they have a couple plays at the end to win, they fall short, yeah, it's a loss in the loss column. But at the same time, it's almost a moral victory. I know people hate moral victories. but It's almost a moral victory that, okay, maybe we are a little closer than we think we are to competing in this debate. And and I think if they keep it close,
0: like I think it also depends on... Look, because they played so... Well, in some in some ways on Sunday, we've almost like, and we've been talking about some positive things about this team and the coaching staff yep. and all that. Really, for it's not the only thing that matters this year, obviously, I mean, and that's pretty clear with Ryan Poles and the way he took this roster and really didn't give Justin Fields a whole lot other than a new coaching staff and a new, and a new scheme for the most part. Like the biggest part of this entire season is Justin Fields' development. As much as we want to celebrate yep. some great efforts from the defense and a nice emergence from a Braxton Jones or whoever ends up standing out by the end of this season, when, we're, when we kind of evaluate this whole year, Justin Fields is everything. And I know it's just year two, and I'm not saying if if he if the offense doesn't click and it's a disaster that you that. By no means am I suggesting you move on from Justin Fields. It's only been two years. I'm big on Fields. I've said it many times on this podcast. I think he has the entire skill set to be a really good quarterback in the NFL. But, you know, we've been talking so much about that great win. It's like the, the focus here very much this season is about the development of Justin Fields.
1: Bingo. Yep. And that's the most important thing that matters. And it kind of feels like if... Fields does take that step and is that guy and you can somehow pick up some extra wins that you didn't think you'd have or you know, you, you are there at the end and really be contending for a wild card spot, that's the bonus. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's absolutely the bonus for your season. But as long as Justin Fields is good, I even go a step further. I know you mentioned the defense. If you see progression in, in some of these rookies, some of these young guys, mm-hmm. I mean, those are all just bonuses. But yeah, if Justin Fields is good, I mean, the Bears are on the right track and what better way to kind of offer in this this Matty Rufus, Justin Fields era than, you know, oh a, a win at Green Bay and maybe Justin Fields having a big his first real big game outside of the Steelers one. Um, but maybe this time coming in a win. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. The development of Justin Fields is the most important thing to this franchise this year and moving forward.
0: Yeah, we've never had a quarterback shootout in one of these Bears-Packers over the I past know. 20, 30 years, right? <laughs> maybe sort of Cutler, but not really. It's always been lopsided Rogers one way, like... In a dream scenario of course Fields turns into this franchise quarterback and who knows maybe Rodgers stays in Green Bay for a couple more years and we have some epic battles yeah. and that's that's a that's a great thing to think about I know it's um the chances of that happening aren't aren't entirely great but I would love to see a quarterback shootout like Rodgers and Justin Fields like a classic battle of those two guys just firing on all cylinders um, maybe down the road, though, because we didn't see a ton That'd of awesome. encouraging things from the Bears' uh, uh, offense against do, the 49ers.
1: Do you remember? I think that was the one, was it 2015, 2016? I think it was like Matt Barkley threw for like 300-something yards, and <laughs> that was like the closest we got to shoot out. <laughs> ah, the old so
0: Barkley-Rogers like... battle. Yeah, I remember that yeah. one like it was yesterday, Zach.
1: <laughs> yeah, the game was still like 17-13 or something crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, And, of uh. course, Bears tied the game, or whatever, or something. important. the Bears tied the game, and then um, they left like thirty-five seconds, and a cop, got behind the defense. Oh yeah, 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 yeah!
0: They had
1: like a seventy-yard pass play to stop the field goal. Yeah. Like, I think that's the like, closest we've come to like a Bears quarterback like not lighting up a Packers defense, but. Throwing a lot of yards and a lot of it came in Darvish. I think they fell behind. Yeah, yeah, but like you said, man, the old classic Barkley uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh shootout
0: out there. Uh, someday the Aaron Rodgers nightmare will end for Chicago Bears fans. Yeah. When will it end? I have absolutely no clue. These guys are playing. You know, Tom Brady might play till he's fifty. Who knows? But um, hey, let's uh, let's hope for a, for a fun one Sunday night. Let's hope the Bears keep it close. You never know. Um, some encouraging things following that Week One victory, but. Um, Things can obviously flip quickly after a Bears-Packers matchup. So we'll see. Zach, thank you so much uh, for joining me. I appreciate it.
1: Anytime, man. It's always a pleasure. Uh, let me know when you want to have me on next. I'll be more than happy to do it.
0: And that's episode 42 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thanks to Zach for joining me. Thanks to Brian Altimer and Ernie Skatt. And for their help producing the podcast, thank you for listening. I have a post-game Bears reaction podcast the Monday morning following the Sunday night game at Lambeau, Bears and Packers. Thanks again for listening. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast.